This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, The Hidden Chamber in the Great Sphinx, and the author is Linda A. Kados, and Linda joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Linda. Hello, how are you? Fascinating story, a lot of intrigue, great read for young people, uh, probably boys for the most part, but I'm sure girls love a good uh, adventure story. Uh, we're going to, let me read a few things that you've written about your book. You say, this is about a, an archaeologist, his name is Dr. Cliff Post, and he discovers a vast subterranean city beneath the Great Sphinx and the Great Pyramid, and in that city he discovers 12 crystal skulls and ancient scrolls. And we're talking about a supercomputer type of... Uh, of technology here and of course when you have technology of that magnitude there's always the bad people that are after it right true <laughs> in this case a terrorist group so linda tell us uh why you decided to do this and where you're going with this what was the motivation well the motivation was that uh, i wanted to write uh, children's literature and i wanted to write an, uh, an adventure story with some science fiction in it. Um, I chose ancient Egypt because I've been fascinated by ancient Egypt since I was 12 years old. And that interest, I've been to Egypt, and that interest in Egypt continues to this day. And so this is a series. What, how many books are we looking at here? I haven't determined the exact number of books, but I would say approximately six. Oh, my goodness. And you're working on the second right now. Yes, that's correct. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about Dr. Cliff Post, this American archaeologist. Uh, Tell us about Cliff. Well, Cliff is a, a professor of archaeology who was brought up in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and who is a professor at my fictional Lodge University. Uh, Lodge University has been modeled after Boston University, which is my own alma mater. Um, he is very interested in uh, Egyptology, and he is also a believer in the ancient aliens theory of archaeology. The uh, ancient aliens theory states that in the distant past, Earth was visited by aliens who had advanced technologies, and they gave these advanced technologies to the uh, inhabitants of Earth of that day, uh, those people being the ancient Egyptians. Um, the uh, evidence that the ancient Egyptians had advanced technology has been found in some of the documents which have been discovered, such as the uh, Rhine Papyrus, which is a collection of arithmetic 
and uh, algebra problems. The algebra problems, and also geometry problems, which calculate the area of a circle, the area of a triangle, and other geometric shapes. Um, the mathematician, American mathematician, Michael S. Snyder, has stated that the math of the ancient Egyptians is equivalent to the math that we use in modern computers today. Um, the other ancient document that has been discovered is the Moscow papyrus and that uh, contains uh, algebra problems uh, calculating for example the slope of a plane. Uh, those uh, have been found and have been well documented. So Dr. Cliff Post is kind of a modern day Indiana Jones. Yes he is. Now his friend Egyptian archaeologist Dr. Abdul Saad. Uh, tell us about him. Well, Dr. Saad is the uh, head of the uh, Supreme Council of Antiquities in Egypt. Uh, he is, uh, has known Cliffs since they were boys. Both these men are the sons of archaeologists who grew up together working on their summer vacations from school at archaeological digs, and they have been friends since boyhood. So this discovery, obviously, very startling kind of discovery, uh, ancient supercomputer left for thousands of years, you know, left there thousands of years ago by ancient aliens in uh, the right paw of the Great Sphinx. And tell us about these 12 crystal skulls. Well, actually, it's 13 crystal skulls. Oh, 13. Okay. Yes. Uh, the 13 crystal skulls that they discover, some of which are in the right core of the Sphinx and others of which are in the a room that they discover in the, a great pyramid, form when they are placed together an ancient uh, supercomputer. Um, I base that part of the story on the fact that in modern computers, the microprocessors are quartz, and quartz has what is called a piezoelectric property, which means it can convert electrical energy to mechanical energy. And what I say in the story is that if you know you can store thousands of books uh, on a modern computer. Uh, with a very small uh, quartz chip, what could you store on an entire uh, quartz skull? And the um, I liken each individual skull to a volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica and place together the knowledge that though that supercomputer would possess. Well, we're talking about, obviously, a theme in this book, too, is terrorism. Uh, you call these terrorists the uh, Islamic nation, a radical Islamic group. Well, the group, of course, is fictitious, but I pick terrorists because that is our modern problem today. Of course, as everyone knows, we've been fighting the war on uh, terrorism since the uh, World Trade Center bombing back in September 11, 2001. And uh, what we're dealing with today is terrorism, plus also uh, two rogue nations, uh, North Korea and um, the other rogue nation is Iran. Um, 
those are the uh, principal problems that we have today. Now, Cliff, Cliff Post, uh, this hero from America, archaeologist, he has a friend named Mario. Tell us about Mario. Well, his friend Mario uh, is his friend from boyhood. They grew up together. They're both the sons of archaeologists. And Mario gets tempted by money um, in the uh, process. This is uh, towards the end of the book after they've already discovered this city. See, originally they open the chamber uh, in the right paw, and then they discover an entire uh, subterranean city underneath the uh, Sphinx and the Great Pyramid. Now, and you say the technology today has even discovered more pyramids? Yes, it has. The, um, uh, they are using satellites now to examine the area on the, uh, around the Giza Plateau, and uh, they have discovered three new pyramids. This is very recent. Now, what kind of a role does Lisa play in this tale? Well, she plays the role of a mother, single mother, dealing with a handicapped child and the challenges that that presents. And she's uh, close to uh, Cliff. They're friends starting out? They're friends starting out, and they, they eventually marry in the story. Now, does she have some uh, archaeological background as well? Well, she has no archaeological uh, background, but she does teach about ancient Egypt at her school. She teaches at a middle school. So we also have uh, involved in this plot, uh, especially when Cliff gets kidnapped, uh, we have the SEC, Interpol, the FBI, and it looks like Egyptians become involved too. Yes, that's correct, because what happens is that um, uh, when they kidnap Cliff, they also steal the supercomputer, and they force Cliff to hack uh, the uh, Dow Jones computer with that supercomputer, and uh, he is forced to uh, create these programs. So these terrorists, obviously, are trying to bring down America. Yes, they are, uh, economically and technologically. But that is not dissimilar from what happened to 9-11, because essentially what the therapists, the terrorists rather, did in 9-11 is they used our own technology against us. They learned to fly those jets, and they uh, simply flew them into the uh, World Trade Center and the uh, Pentagon. Now, what uh, age group is this book aimed at, Linda? The book is aimed at a middle school reader, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Uh, that is the uh, primary target of the book. And, of course, you're exposing them to terrorism as far as in the plot to help them better understand maybe what's being, what they're hearing about in the news. Yes, that's correct. And also, uh, you have uh, another theme, the appreciation of advanced technology. Yes, that's true. There's much indication that um, the ancient Egyptians had uh, advanced technologies, uh, regardless of whether or not you believe in the ancient aliens theory. The um, 
machinist and engineer Christopher Dunn has written several books in which he discusses the uh, precision with which the Great Pyramid was built. And even the Giza Plateau, which is 13 acres, uh, was leveled with an accuracy of one-half degree, which we couldn't do today. Um, also, with the Great Pyramid, you have blocks that weigh from 2 to 15 tons that are fit together um, with uh, only about an eighth of an inch clearance between the blocks. You couldn't slide a credit card between those stones, but they um, illustrate the uh, advanced uh, technology of the uh, ancient Egyptians. Another theme in your book is the power of money to corrupt. That's true. Well, they say that money is the root of all evil, and unfortunately, we have many examples of that in today's news. As a matter of fact, there's a whole television series called American Greed, which talks about people who were tempted by money um, to steal and to also defraud other people. You also wanted to uh, have your readers learn about Egypt. Yes, that's correct. Um, I... um, as I say, find Egypt fascinating. And what I do is in part of the book, I take them on a tour of the Egyptian Museum, and I describe the exhibits in that museum. The title of the book, The Hidden Chamber in the Great Sphinx, and the author is Linda A. Kadose. Linda, tell us how to get your book. Well, you can get it in three forms. You can get it as either a hardcover, a paperback, or a Kindle edition. And you can get it from AuthorHouse.com, from Amazon.com, or from Barnes & Noble. Well, thank you, Linda. Thanks for being with us on Author Talk. Thank you. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, moms, juggle your hats with our mom of many hats, Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Moms are always juggling their hats. And sometimes it's easy for moms to forget their value when life calls for switching from role to role. But the ability to juggle so many hats is priceless. She is never just a mom. She's a decision maker, coordinator, creative genius, counselor, a friend, an authority, and a leader in her household. On Mom of Many Hats Radio, we'll be talking about the hats that you as a mom juggle. We'll acknowledge your importance and support in helping you and all moms to not just defend your value, but to believe in your value. For more on the show and Angie, check out her website, azmamaminihats.com. She is a strong woman. She is powerful. She is wonderful. And she is valuable. Mom of Many Hats with Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriend at principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. 
and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Notes to Jackie, a polio survivor's thoughts to his daughter. And the author is Ronald A. Tomo, and Ron joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Ron. Hi, how are you, Steve? Well, great to have you with us. Uh, Well, thank you for writing this book. Uh, This is an inspirational, determined kind of theme about life. Uh, We're going to talk about your polio and some of the things you've been through, but we also want to focus on the themes that not only for your daughter's sake, but for the sake of anyone and everyone that faces challenges, and we all face them at different degrees, uh, obviously. Uh, Here's what you say about your book. The book is 28 Notes to My Daughter to Help Her in All Aspects of Life. It is based on a lifetime of events in my life that brought me wisdom that I felt my daughter and millions of others can learn from and put into practice. Well, when you face great challenges like you faced uh, right from a very, very young age, polio, uh, kind of take us back and tell us about uh, how it all happened. And I guess, it, you know, back then they thought you got polio from lovebirds? Yeah, actually, uh, at the time, the uh, the doctors that you know came because they first actually thought I had the flu, and then finally, uh, it was actually my mother who figured out that I had polio. And what had happened was a week before I got sick, um, my parents had taken uh, my brother and I to a pet shop, where us, uh, and she was showing us lovebirds and held me up to a uh, cage with two lovebirds. And within a week, both my brother and I were actually both very ill. Um, my brother, however, had a fever of about 106, 105. I only had a temperature of 99. And some people actually thought he may have had it also, but uh, he was okay. But within that week, I was uh, pretty much um, in, uh, in a very dangerous situation. And the doctors kept telling my mother I had the flu. So finally, my mother figured out, called the doctor and said, bring someone here. And those were the the days when doctors came to the house. And the doctor came and brought a specialist, and he just looked at me and said, call an ambulance that I had polio, and he knew right away. And uh, they said that lovebirds were actually carriers of of polio back then. Um, I don't know where... um, all the science has taken us since then, but uh, back in you know, 1953, that right. was one of the things that they talked about. And how old were you? Uh, I was actually seven months old when I got sick. Seven months old, and you just missed getting the vaccine. Yeah, actually, uh, from from uh, what I've been told, the vaccine had come out 
shortly thereafter, um, within a couple of months, um, I got sick in September or so of uh, 1953, and um, and basically I'm told that uh, the vaccine, uh, one of the early vaccines was available in November of that year. And for all of your life, you have faced some pretty difficult physical challenges. Oh, uh, yeah, basically, uh, polio, first of all, it took me uh, a number of years to recover. The first uh, seven months of my uh, illness, um, I was in a hospital um, where I pretty much was quarantined. Um, I was also, uh, my family was not really allowed to come close to me. Um, so my, my, my immediate family pretty much became doctors and nurses and, um, and they kept me in the hospital for approximately seven months and they pretty much released me, uh, and didn't think I would have actually survived. Um, and during that time they, you know, tried a lot of, uh, you know, different things and, uh, but there was really nothing they could do. Uh, eventually it became a, a, a 12 years of physical therapy every day and, you know, a battle just to get back. Um, but I fooled them and I didn't die, so. Well, you did, and, and in the process, of course, you have accomplished a great deal in your life uh, uh, through education and through service. Uh, but today you have limited use of uh, your arm and, and somewhat of your leg? Yeah, basically right now, the, um, the, the, probably the biggest issue I have, my right arm is uh, uh, pretty much completely paralyzed. My, uh, my upper part of my left arm has partial paralysis. The right side of my uh, uh, diaphragm is paralyzed. Um, and my left leg has been weakened severely, uh, and that was all from polio. So you wanted to leave, I guess, somewhat of a legacy of your fight for life, your fight to uh, make a difference, your fight to be as normal as you could be and leave that with your daughter, and but, of course, even much more. When did you, uh, when did you first feel this, that you needed to do this? Actually, it was quite some time. I, you know, I thought about this idea probably about 10 years ago. And as a matter of fact, it's funny, but the title, Notes to Jackie, came into my head probably about nine years ago. And um, it was something, and I, I kept, um, I have an extremely good memory, and I kept a lot of ideas and thoughts that I had just floating around in my head. Um, and that was actually a, a single event that was the final catalyst that you know got me to finally sit down and write the book. Um, and that was a very very close friend of mine, uh, a guy named Neil uh, Bren, may rest in peace, died um, at age 59 very suddenly and unexpectedly. And I realized that you know even though I work in healthcare and I've been in healthcare all, all my life and. I know life is precious and 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 life uh, turns on a dime. So um, I decided right after his death that I was going to do this, and literally set out to do it within days after my friend died. 
Well, let's talk about a couple of these notes that are, as, as I pointed out at the beginning, the book is 28 notes to your daughter, Jackie, to help her in all aspects of her life. And of course, everyone really can uh, uh, benefit from reading this and pondering this. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, the, the, the notes were set up in such a way that they covered various aspects of life and, uh, and covered everything. So, yeah, I, I think what's important, probably the number, the note number one of never giving up is a, is a critical, uh, concept. But there's also things that have to do with just life in general and happiness and also uh, achieving success in life and careers, things like that, and also paying back to the community. So there are multiple notes of this nature. So I'd be happy to talk about, you know, any of, uh, you know, any of them. I think that uh, depending on the reader and the situation of of life that they're in, uh, any one or multiples of these or sets of these can be extremely helpful to them. Um, I've actually had people that have uh, read the book uh, that were older and said that uh, it was amazing to them how many things they had never really even thought of or considered and that they had learned a lot. Uh, in various, uh, in various, you know, situations that they would have been in that they could have used these. So, I'm, uh, I'm open to um, anything you'd like to talk about. You call it, it or, or it has been called a survival, survivor's manual, teaching the reader how to overcome obstacles and enjoy a full and happy life. It's also been called an owner's manual of how to live your life to the fullest. Well, let's talk about this principle that people hear it so much, but coming from you comes at a whole different uh, comprehensive level. Never give up. What did you say to Jackie? Well, basically one of the things is that, you know, uh, I believe that, you know, people uh, can achieve anything they want as long as they stay in the game. And staying in the game means never giving up. And what I've always tried to explain to Jackie is, uh, is that when you're in any situation, and it doesn't matter what it is, uh, when you're in any, any situation, um, you always have to evaluate what's going on and, and never give up on your dream, on what you're trying to do. Um, and which is not to say that you don't take different courses in your life uh and you got to know when you should make uh turns in life that would better uh be better beneficial to you but um if you quit uh you lose so uh the message was simple that no matter what you're trying to do in life make sure that uh you stick with what you're trying to do and get that uh, achievement because anybody can do it. It's just uh, it's just your mind, your heart, and your soul being poured into it. There's always opposition, whether it's polio, uh, debilitating or crippling polio to any number of things that is just part of life. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. Uh, I mean, even when I talk about success, 
you know, in the uh, workplace, there will always be things. I mean, in the book, I talk about even politics, understanding, and I define politics as anything and everything that makes up a decision. Uh, and uh, many decisions in life and in the business world are made uh, purely on personal uh, reasons for personal gain and understanding all the possible situations uh, will help you to succeed. It's a matter of uh, always applying um, the, the types of things that will get you to that success. So if you look at, for example, in the business world, um, success to me just falls under a few things, understanding politics and, and knowing where to apply it. Uh, very importantly, being a good public speaker. Uh, public speaking is probably one of the most critical things for success in many things. And I've told Jackie and, and others that that's a skill that, you know, must be acquired and, uh, and whether you need a class and, and every opportunity you get to speak publicly, you should. And as a matter of fact, there's always, I always bring up an old joke when I talk about public speaking, which I always found to be very funny. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Jay Leno that told it. Uh, but basically he said that, uh, the top two fears that people have, that the, the number one fear people had was public speaking, and the number two fear was death. So to put that in perspective, <laughs> people would rather die than yeah. be giving the eulogy. I always found that funny. Yeah. Well, that does put it in perspective. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left here, Ron. Uh, let's talk about this other phrase that kind of... Uh, Describes your life. Live with passion. That's Anthony Robbins' term, but uh, you basically uh, walk the talk. Yeah, well, to me, it's like you, you, you have to throw yourself into everything that you do. It's like, and it doesn't matter whether we're talking about, you know, love relationships, whether we're talking about your hobbies, whether you're talking about whatever you do. Uh, it's always been something, and, and I've always lived where I, I, I passionately go into everything. Uh, so when I go on to take on any projects or do any, you know, type of, uh, you know, type of, uh, you know, new events or whatever, I always go in with, uh, just a tremendous amount of, passion you have to you have to love it you have to you have to embrace it and uh you know and and i i think tony robbins um you know hit that right on the head and it was something that you know i i kind of always known and when i actually heard uh tony robbins use it and I, you know i thought it was really um you know terrific because that's what you know that's really how you get uh, get pretty much anything you want. You go after things passionately, and you go by your heart, and you um, and you live it. Um, you will have a much uh, better life, and you will be uh, much more successful in anything that you're doing. The title of the book notes to Jackie a polio survivor's thoughts to his daughter, and the author is Ronald A. Tomo. Ron, tell us how to get your book. 
Oh, basically, uh, it's actually available uh, now pretty much on most of the major uh, um, bookstores, um, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Author House is the publisher. You can get it there. And um, and actually, if you just Google Notes to Jackie, there's literally over 7,000 entries there right now. So there's uh, no one's had trouble getting it, and um, and most people have been getting deliveries very quickly. So uh, And it's also available as uh, uh, Kindle, Nook, and uh, iPhone, iPad, eBooks. So it's available everywhere. Well, it's a must-read for everyone. Certainly, your inspiring story and your determination uh, are needed because uh, there's so much negative in the world, and it's great to hear a positive success story in spite of the incredible challenges of even uh, near-death experiences like your own. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being with us on Author Talk. Oh, it was my pleasure, and thank you, uh, Steve. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903 617 6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Lenten Dailies, a daily devotional during Lent. And the author is Pamela Tapper. And Mrs. Tapper joins us now on Author Talk. Hello. Hi. Good to have you with us. And uh, this book, as you describe it, is a book of daily devotions that can be read every day from Ash Wednesday until Easter Sunday, very special time of year for Christians, and uh, helps us stay focused. Yes. 
So what was the motivation here? Uh, you know, what, where'd the idea come from? Well, um, actually, several years ago, my son said, why don't you write down all the positive uh, verses of Jesus? And I said, well, that's a good idea. So I kind of molded over, and um, I, I started writing down, you know, the ones that I thought were, were really positive and uplifting. And um, over course of several years, several decades, actually, I'd work on it a little bit, and then I'd put it away, and then I'd work on it a little bit more, and then I'd put it away. And um, finally, I, I had a collection of about 40 uh, verses that I thought were positive and uplifting. And so I, I thought, well, 40, let's see, well, that's about the length of Lent. So why don't I put it together during that period from Ash Wednesday to Easter, and um, people can focus on it during that time, and it, it'll you know work two purposes. You can read the the verses, and you you know you, it'll be during the Easter season, so you'll hopefully be uplifted. So it's positive, not negative, and if, oh. as you pointed out, not all hellfire and brimstone. That's correct. Okay, all right, and of course we all know that. Uh, these verses in uh, your book uh, come from scriptures. Now, you take it from two different versions of of the uh, Bible. That's correct. Uh, some of I take some of the verses from the King James ver- version that are more beautiful, and I and then the ones that are for I, I pick the the King James version for its beauty, and I pick the um, uh, New International version from its clarity. An, an example is like. Um, and Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Well, you know, the, to picture a house with mansions where a room should be is, you know, pretty, a pretty big thought to think about that. And then in the NIV, it, it just says, in my Father's house are many rooms. Well, I mean, that kind of brings it down. I mean, it, it's... To me, it's it's much, makes sense. Makes sense yeah, to much us. Bigger, yeah. bigger concept. Imagine a house with many ma- mansions where the room right. should be. In most cases, as you write, each verse is only one page in length, so it can be easily read each day. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So you have a verse, and then you have uh, some commentary or explanation yeah, about kind of the a verse. Reflection. Okay, a little um, reflection. Mm-hmm. I put the, the verse on the left side of the page, and then I put my reflection on the right side of the page. And it's, you know, what, it, what that particular verse means to me. Now, you've given a verse uh, in the preface or at the beginning of the book, uh, some verses by Jesus. Uh, the, the significance of, uh, you know, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor, what, what's the significance there? Well, it says in there, they, they, they were questioning Jesus, and they said, well, which one is the greatest commandment, Lord? And, and he said, the greatest commandment, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. That, and he says that, that just epitomizes all the uh, law and the prophets right there, those two, those two commandments. So if you just did those two, you would automatically do the Ten Commandments. Just, the, those two would cover all Ten Commandments. That's called heaven on earth, isn't it, if we don't right. do that? Mm-hmm. What, so simple. Why don't we do it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, simplicity often is the most direct and piercing, isn't it? I mean, sometimes, right to the yeah. heart. Mm-hmm, well, share some of your your daily devotionals with us. Okay. Well, I'll start off with... Um, now, I, I, I printed my book 
by Ash Wednesday, and then I put first Thursday, first Friday, and it goes all the way to Easter. That way you can read it every year. It doesn't have a particular date on it, mm. like what right. today is what, March 14th. It, it, a more, like gener- the, more generic I, calendar that way. Right. And there was someone I heard this year said they were reading the devotions, and there was no devotion for uh, February 29th. Well, it wouldn't matter in my book because there'd be there'd be a devotion for that day, whatever ha- day it happened to fall on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, start off. My my favorites are Matthew twenty twenty two thirty six to twenty. Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment." And then the next one is, and the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And that's really the crux of my book right there. Another one of my favorites, and this is probably my favorite since childhood, is John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this was significant to me because my father died when I was eight years old. And this was like my promise, the promise to me that, I, my father would have everlasting life, and I would see him again someday. Very good. I have, you, want to, you want to hear some more? Please, why don't you share a couple more? This is another one of my favorites. Um, Matthew six nineteen to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this says to me that um, treasures on earth are material things, which can deteriorate or be stolen. But treasures in heaven, like feelings of love and humility and generosity, they will last forever. They can't be stolen. Well, why don't you give us one more? Okay. This is one I mentioned earlier. Um, John 14, 1-2, King James. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And it's when Jesus is talking about uh, going to heaven. And he says, you know, in his, in his Father's house in heaven are many, uh, his house is full of many mansions. So it's a big place to go to. Where the rooms are like mansions. It's not a small place at all. So what is the challenge of your book? Well, um, I mentioned the, uh, let's see, I guess there's several points I want to, but one was, you know, just love God and love your neighbor. That's it, simple. That just that just takes care of the Ten Commandments right there. It's just two simple things you have to do, or two simple things you have to remember. It may not be that easy to do, but it's two simple things to remember. Um Another point I, I like to I like when he talks about lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven, and that's so true. I mean, today look at the world; they're so caught up in materialism, and if they just you know lay themselves up treasures in heaven, love and compassion, these are the things that will stay with you. Friendship, um, family re- relationships; those are the things that stay with you. They don't; they can't be stolen. They can't be deteriorated. I suppose they could be deteriorated if you don't work on them. But those things are important. Those will be with you forever. You know, a car will last a few years and then it's gone. A ring will last a few years and it's gone. Things that people clamor for, material things, they don't, they don't last. You know, you, once you've got them, you, you've impressed everybody, you know, 
that's it. It's over. So, but love and, and compassion and um, relationships, those will last forever. And they're, they're free. There's no price on them. And you write that Lenten Dailies is a book of faith and a book of challenge to humble ourselves in our daily lives. So it helps us stay focused every day. That's right. Well, another point I want to bring up is, um, well, you know, okay, I told you about love, love God and love your neighbor. Treasures on earth, not, I mean, treasures in heaven, not on earth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of our... Um, our promise to look forward to that you know if we believe in, in Jesus that we'll we'll just be carried on to to heaven to eternal life you know we don't have to worry about where we're going or what we're doing we just follow him and it'll we'll just go there the title of the book Lenten Dailies a daily devotional during Lent and Pamela Tapper is the author Mrs. Tapper tell us how to get your book well, you can purchase it on uh, barnesandnoble.com. You can purchase it on amazon.com. Um, you can purchase it on authorhouse.com. Um, you can go to any Barnes and Noble and request it, and they will, if you want it, you know, they'll bring it to the um, store, or if you want to request it online, you can do that too. Thank you for being with us so much on Author Talk. Well, thank you for having me.